1: So a couple years ago, one of our buddies whose names will be unmentioned uh, went on a bender the night before. He had an early morning tea time. And so he showed up at the Valley of Fun still drunk and double bogeyed one, bogeyed two, rolls over to the third tee box, proceeds to throw up in his backswing off the tee and drives in off the third hole. Three over through two, calls it a day.
0: Don't blame him. That's what I would have been doing at the Players' Championship this past weekend. Let's tee it up. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... <laughs>
1: Somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed.
0: What is up, everybody? Welcome in to another edition of Big Drive Energy brought to you by. America's top-rated sportsbook app, the DraftKings Sportsbook. I am your host at Big Drive Spence, here in the depths of our office with Big Drive Mitch. What's up, man? How was your week? How you feeling? Did you enjoy the players? I know you went to New Jersey. Let's, let's talk about it.
1: Yeah, so I'm, as you can probably tell by my voice, I've been struggling for like a couple months. <laughs> it's been a
0: long couple months, so just enjoying myself we just keep having our flu game over and over our flu pod
1: yeah exactly i'm never 100 percent anymore so i don't even anticipate that i just i i'm always playing hurt and that's just something i've kind of got to deal with at this point maybe i need to learn how to stop talking so fucking much that would probably be a good idea but that's that's not what i'm built for
0: just so you guys know like a little secret on mitch if (laughs) you if you never hung out with him a lot like i have he is the king of keeping people in the fucking pro shop talking about we had like a four hour conversation the other day with this guy who clearly like it's shitty right now here it's cold it's windy and this guy wanted to talk about investment properties and this fucking conversation just went on for hours and hours and mitchell just like loves talking which i'm i'm glad for but when people are in the pro shop just like fucking loitering i i kind of want him to leave and they just don't leave and yeah. Mitchell just like, they'll be like walking out the door and Mitchell be like, one more thing, one more thing. Oh, more that's thing. bullshit. Spencer,
1: Spencer's the king of the awkward silence. He'll fucking sit there, stare somebody in the eye and not say a word to him until they leave. Like, uh, I'll so blank
0: I, stare a hole through the fucking computer.
1: Yeah, I, I can't handle awkward silences. So that's why I end up having to do the talking. So it's kind of the, the age old debate. Do I talk because Spencer won't or does Spencer not talk because I won't shut the fuck up?
0: So we've argued that probably a million times in our lifetime yeah. between my mom, myself and Mitchell, our mom, I should say, where like we'll be at dinner with somebody and I don't say a fucking word for hours. And my mom's like, oh, fuck oh up. like, blah, blah, blah. Why didn't you talk to them? And I'm like, because you and Mitchell filled the whole fucking time. jabbering." You yourselves. just need to
1: learn how to fucking speak up like an adult. Anywho. So, yeah, I was out in New Jersey um, seeing my girlfriend for my birthday. Uh, we went to the the new jersey devils avalanche game tuesday night fucking stinker um, yeah well the avs are up three nothing in the middle of the second period proceeded to give up five unanswered in the last period and a half and that is the first time i found out uh first time in 82 games they've had a three nothing or a three goal lead and lost so i was there to witness that which was great uh side note new Newark, new jersey is a total shithole i've never been anywhere more ghetto Um, like going, going to that game, I was like, get me inside the fucking stadium. There's some pretty cool bars around it. Like there's like a whole row of bars kind of right across the street literally like probably a hundred feet from the entrance. So some really cool, like, like a whiskey bar and like an Irish bar and shit like that. But just the city itself, I was like, oh my God, we were in the Uber and I was looking around, like maybe I'm just, I guess maybe I'm a little, uh sheltered coming from Colorado, but it was, it was pretty ghetto. Um, but she lives in Morristown. So that's not where I was staying. Thank God. Her town is a lot nicer than that. So I was out there for like four or five days, but needless to say, I partied fairly hard. That's why I think my voice is still not 100% back. Um, but I'm, I'm fighting through it. And then like, like Spencer said, we were able to watch the players fucking felt like all week, (laughs) 'Cause they I'm shocked they finished Monday, but longest fucking
0: golf tournament of all time. I didn't time. I didn't come Sunday, I was like, what round are they playing? Well that was the most wild shit. Like after like Thursday you got the first the morning guys through, which by the way, this tournament was the most jaded I've ever seen as far as tea times mattering. Like yeah, you see like most of the time, most places it's like, oh, it's a little windier in the afternoon, but then the next morning they get the morning tea times. No. The people that got the afternoon tea times on Thursday just got completely fucked.
1: Yeah, that—well, we'll—so, yeah, we'll get into that here in a little bit, but—so we ended up being able to watch, uh, the Players Monday, which was really cool, fucking electric finish, and this is really the time of year where I love to watch golf, especially with no, um, no football left, and we do have basketball and hockey, but it's usually not on Sunday, Sunday evenings, or depending, um— but just all weekend having golf on, you can nap, you can watch, you can listen to the commentary, which is usually dog shit. Paul Azinger, I don't know how many times he was like, "Oh, he's just got it. He's he's just work. He's just working his brain so hard. He's just." I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up! Like they're out playing golf. It's physical. Obviously, they're mentally focused. But he's talking. It's like mental warfare. Like this is Russia and Ukraine, and I mean. I wouldn't go that far with it, but TPC Sawgrass did prove to be a fucking test. Um, 17 was proved to be one, probably one of the most fun holes. Like even my girlfriend texted me. She does not watch golf at all. Definitely doesn't listen to this podcast, so I can talk whatever shit I want. Um, but she was like, I actually turned on golf because I I had turned it on when I was there. And on Sunday she's like, yeah, I turned on golf just to see what was happening on 17 'Cause we were watching it on Friday, I wanna say, when the when it was super fucking windy and or Saturday, when everybody was hitting it in the water, the wind was blowing like fucking crazy. And so she actually turned it on just to see that, which I think is kind of telling of how entertaining that tournament actually is, even though it's one of the most challenging courses. Because a lot of the guys too were just so light hearted about it. Like Brooks Kepka, you saw him laughing his ass off. He came up fucking twenty yards short of the of the front edge of the green. Like, these guys were—well, uh, well,
0: one guy uh, who, who tweeted that, somebody said that Justin Thomas hit six iron. Yeah, six iron from 136 yards. And one, one thing that was funny about Brooks Kepka specifically is he said, like, he's like—somebody was giving him shit about how bad he was on 17, and he was like— yeah, um, if you look up like the history of the players, I'm probably the worst at this hole ever. And I think and he and is. it was and he is yeah somebody was he out like eighteen over twenty over through twenty rounds. Oh my god! So, so he's, you just pencil he, him down for a fucking four. Exactly. Just write him down for four, which there. is hilarious, dude. Because like, I get it. Like when the wind's blowing and stuff, I completely get it. Like that, you're just fucking cooked. You know whether it's a hundred and thirty-six yard shot, hundred fifty yard shot, but like for these guys, it's honestly like. I don't know if it's nerves, because it's 17, um, the players having the biggest fucking purse of all, of the history of the PGA Holy Tour, shit. like, winner, like, second place got more than 90% of winners yeah. on the rest of the PGA Tour stops, Purse so, was bonkers. Insane, but, like, they can't hit, like, it seems like they get to that hole and they just fucking forget how to hit a 136-yard shot, just because well, it's that daunting.
1: Well, and it's playing 180, 190, but real quick, before we fully get into the players, um...
0: Spencer how's your week? I didn't even ask. I'm so selfish. Oh, that's <laughs> fucked up. But it was good. No, it was really good. Um you were, you were You
1: were at fucking Ball Arena 5 or 6 out of the 7 nights. I
0: I was at Ball Arena um very frequently that whole week. Pretty much every night except for like Wednesday last week or Wednesday or Thursday. Uh got to see a few Nuggets wins, a few Avalanche wins few nuggets losses which was sad but you know that's how it goes it's sports we sports 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 more sports um and yeah it was, it was a good week man we we uh we got the golf course open this week which was a fucking shit show um between, we're still waiting on carpet we're not even done yet between Fuck. our fucking carts not having full like four tires for people to roll on i had to fucking go out to the golf course twice yesterday and pick up somebody's flat tired ass cart Fucking take it to maintenance, get it changed, then fucking head back to the pro shop. Somebody else is calling again. Well, and everybody's been dealing
1: with this supply chain bullshit. Um, and obviously in the golf industry, right when COVID hit, it was super prevalent. Like we couldn't get golf clubs for months and months at a time. But now like all the club manufacturers are fine. But now we order, so we order new golf carts this year. And we ordered them from Yamaha, their gas golf carts, because we don't have a fucking barn to store electric carts, whatever. We ordered them in October. We were the second ones on their list, on, the, on our manufacturer's list. We are not going to get them till this October. And we were planning on having them this April, so we plan accordingly, blah, 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 change prices. I mean, it's a big purchase. It's over a half a million dollar purchase. So it's nothing to, like, just not think twice about but yeah so we're fucking what is that eight six months out on those six seven months
0: yeah we're like late october and the worst part is every fucking person we told like we were telling everybody we were so excited because we wanted like people to know that we're trying to improve the course and improve the facility and like be forward thinking get new carts with fucking usb ports in them and nice new seats and then we had to have a sit down fucking meeting where they're like, yeah, the, that's not going to happen. We can't get the carts made till fucking October. So, that's been chill. That's been fun to... Well, yeah. And, and so, one of our... Yeah, it's not been a good time. But one of our,
1: our... Our superintendent was telling us that John Deere... So, he was telling us about TPC courses. Because they get... I guess they get new John Deere equipment every two years, every three years. The entire TPC network does. And... He said they're John Deere's two years behind on getting any TPC course new equipment. So, if that gives anybody any idea as to how fucked up this whole supply chain is with maintenance, with regular carts, with golf clubs, with every literally anything in golf because it is most of it's produced overseas. I mean, John Deere's produced here in America, but I'm sure a lot of their parts and a lot of different equipment um, is flown in from overseas or, or fucking shipped over here on on a, a big fucking freight line or whatever. Um, so, yeah, the golf industry is just a clusterfuck right now. And then, like yesterday, we have one nice day, and there's 170 people playing golf. So there, it, it's already back in full swing. The season's going to be crazy again this year. Um, I'm trying not to stress out about it. Just one day at a time, you know. One day at a time. That's eat, how you got to take That's how you eat an elephant, one bite at a time, baby. So just trying not to think too far ahead, but... Enough about our fucking golf problems and shit. We're, let's get into the players. So we kind of touched on 17 a little bit. Um, the whole tournament was just a complete
0: gong show well, for most was, of it. It
1: was until Sunday. Other su- than Thursday Sunday, morning and the, Sunday morning. The Monday. finish was fucking electric. The finish was awesome. Um, let's touch on the finish real quick. So Cam Smith, our cousin Cam. The dude, when he gets in a groove, other than those two wonky-ass snap hooks he hit out of nowhere... Like, just these fucking absolute snipers into the left trees. And they they had absolute to have been hit... Absolute
0: quackers. Yeah,
1: absolute quackers, bud. They had to have been hit off the toe of the club, first of all, because that gear effect... There's no way you can hit the center of the face and snap hook it that hard. Unless you're swinging, like, 30 degrees inside out, which is borderline physically impossible. Um, but he had a couple of wonky drives, but other than that, it just felt like he was automatic. And he is the best putter statistically from four to eight feet on tour. So when he gets that wand working, if he's hitting fairways and notoriously, he's already a really good iron player. Like I, th- I would say the one glaring weakness in his game when it's off is his driving. But when he's on off the tee, he's, I would I wouldn't call him untouchable, but he's really fucking good. He he's already a top 10 player in the world and that's kind of undisputed, but he could be right up there with all the young guns. Like, would you even say he's overtaken Morikawa, or I don't know, man. That's a that's a tough debate, but I'd say he's right there. Yeah, I
0: would say you're. He's close, except he doesn't have any he do, majors. He doesn't have the major. I think that's that's the thing that is gonna you know whether the players, even though it was a bigger purse, probably a tougher well, not necessarily a tougher field than all the majors. Probably it's just a really as,
1: fucking good field.
0: Just as tough. I mean, every single group you saw when you were watching the tournament, if you guys were watching it, if you weren't, you missed out on a, on a fucking party because. It it made it was the most real golf tournament for a lot of like amateur golfers that watch and play golf because it felt real watching so many guys hit it into the water like on the restart on I want to like this is it's so fucked up because I'm trying to recall this tournament and what day I was watching it and I don't even know like what I didn't know what round it was some guys had like already finished round three some guys hadn't even like started two or some shit like that just because of the crazy ass weather and all the delays and stuff but I, I forget what day i was watching it but there was uh they re i think they restarted they played a few holes i want to say it was friday afternoon and they had the craziest thing did you see like the fucking tea times for some of the shit six o'clock yeah like they had like six o'clock tea times in florida and, and, and... what's
1: even the point in sending them off at that point I, I get it like they're they're trying to utilize all the daylight that they can uh, but at the same time, like they're going to tee off and play... They, this is pre-daylight savings, so it got dark at 6.30, 6.45. So they can maybe play two holes. And it, ultimately, I don't know if it ended up affecting anything, but we also saw Ian Poulter sprinting up 17, trying to tee off on 18. Because once you tee off on a hole, I don't know if you knew this, once you tee off, you you have the right to finish that hole. So that's why Poulter sprinted up 17 to finish 17 to go tee off 18 so they could play that hole because otherwise they would have had to come back at the ass crack of dawn just to play the 18th hole and then wait for their after or their whatever their tee time was that morning so Poulter's like fuck that and everybody was talking shit about him he looked pretty i, I thought he looked pretty graceful running up the 17th uh he's 46 years old i i wouldn't look that good running up the 17th right now it'd be they'd have to fucking black it out on tv because it'd be a absolute shit show um but yeah they finished their round and a couple of guys started real fucking late
0: uh what was it friday yeah i can't well, real um, quick did you see the that polter's kid so there was this one not viral on twitter but uh some somebody tweeted i think it was like polter's wife or something and this is just goes to show you how funny like my dumb ass is like even Poul- polter's kids a fucking silver spooner whether he's a good kid or not, I don't know the guy. So Which I'm the gonna, younger one or the older one? I think I, I don't know because he has
1: an older one that plays at University of Florida. Definitely
0: huh? wasn't him. It was the younger. Oh, okay, one. yeah. It was the younger one and Joshua. Joshua. I
1: his his name's Josh. I follow Ian Poulter pretty closely on uh, Instagram. So yeah,
0: Joshua. Joshua was <laughs> fucking so so I see this video on Twitter. Of oh yeah, Joshua. on the beach. Yes, but <laughs> he's recreating his dad's like seventeenth hole. He. And I, I didn't really read the tweet from Poulter, but the first like clip I saw, you know, how, cause like, you know how a video on Twitter will like start playing, uh, when, when it's on your like feed and yeah. then, it, and then it goes and you click into it and you can like see it bigger and yeah, clearer, yeah, yeah. but it start playing. And I thought, cause I'm an idiot that that was like, he was doing that in the snow. It looked like snow. Oh, and yeah. I was like, Oh wow. That's kind of crazy. Like he and Poulter's kids live in the fucking snow. Knowing how dumb I am, then I watched the video, and he called it—what did he call it? Oh, TPC Sandgrass is what Poulter called it, but his fucking kids is two feet from the water, probably hitting it off his back porch in their fucking home in Florida, whatever. But, yeah, it just goes to show you how dumb I am, thinking that was fucking snow for a while.
1: <coughs> yeah, that, that's not your <laughs> smartest observation. Side note, though, Ian Poulter's son, Luke, who's playing at University of Florida, is actually a fucking stick. Uh, Poulter posted on Instagram some of their... They were hitting a Titleist new driving iron, their their three iron. He had like 165 ball speed with... Or 160 ball speed with a three iron.
0: That's and, moving it.
1: He, and he's 18. So he can... Because he, Poulter put his numbers next to his sons. And his sons already got him by like five, six mile an hour ball speed. So he can fucking get after it. He's He's one of those guys who low-key... We don't talk about Poulter's kid or, I mean, there's a few other kids that are really good, but everyone talks about John Daly's son or Tiger Woods' son. That's just where the, the conversation automatically goes. But uh, I think he's going to be a freshman this – up. Upco- he commit. I think he committed to Florida. He's going to be a freshman next year, I want to say. So it'll be interesting to follow his golf career because Poulter worked his ass off to get where he's at, and, and now his sons or his kids are all – Kind of like Spencer said, for lack of a better term, silver spoon in it. So, But it looks like he's taken his his advantages and, and taken full reign of it, and now he's pretty fucking good if you're playing at University of Florida, which, if you don't know, is one of the best golf programs in the nation. So cool for Luke Poulter. Uh, but, yeah, Joshua, I saw the, the video of recreating. They were making a whole fucking beach castle, whatever, just rich – kid problems out there um but actually a lot of these guys too uh they can sleep at home because they're so close to home so that's why Ian polter wanted to finish his round that day was because he could go home so he was like i'm a what do you call himself half man half fucking mattress or something like that loves to sleep i guess so He's like, I wanted to get home. It's ten minutes from home, so I wanted to get home and get in my own bed and not have to worry about getting up at the ass crack of dawn. So
0: yeah, and one thing that we fucked up. Okay, so I don't want to talk too much about it. G- Jim Calhoun, hand up. We fucked up. Hand up. We fucked up. Our bets were horrid, a complete fucking sweep of oh my players God. for us. And that you're you're talking about, uh, you know, well, actually, I don't know if it was a complete sweep of of all six bets because it, it's, Billy it, it's our rock withdrew. bottom. Billy Horth- Horschel, Billy Horschel, Billy Horschel, Billy Horschel withdrew the Florida Gator product, so that reminded me of it. But he withdrew, so I think we got the credit back for that. I'm gonna have to tra- check my DraftKings account. But other than that, we got absolutely stained. We got smoked.
1: It was uh, it was not our our best showing. I I would consider this our rock bottom. So there's only one place to go from there, and that's up. And I actually really like our picks this week. We'll get into them later, but um, obviously I like
0: our picks every week. So that doesn't mean fucking anything. So, but let's talk a little bit about our picks from last week and just like what happened because <laughs> because I, I Morikawa was... cut. Uh, he was fine. He was like even par through. Well, dude, first... he was seventeen. Yeah. Didn't he? Fucking got eaten up on. I think he made quad one day and he was just out of it. Like it. But talking about being out of it, fucking. Xander Schauffele went from T T9 nine to T ninety in two fucking holes. He what did went he make? seventeen eighteen. He went triple eight. Oh god! He went triple six, quad. Eight. Yeah, six eight in Seven two holes over in two holes. That's relatable. And absolutely <laughs> cucked himself out of any chance. And then like, wait, then did like you I have Schauffele? No, I did not have Schauffele. Okay, I had uh, Morikawa. He sucked wiener. And then now, <laughs> can he... we say that? Oh, I don't know. Should we cut that? <laughs> we'll leave it. Yeah, fuck okay. it. Um, but Morikawa sucked. Um, fucking Matthew Fitzpatrick absolutely choked all over himself. Billy Horschel withdrew. Fucking... Yeah, what's that? Um, oh, Oh yeah. T-Roll, our matchup. Yeah, we so we our had matchup. a matchup that looked great. Like, Hatton finished at, what, four or five under? Well, the first day, so, you know, we put... So, if you guys have the PGA Tour app and you, you ever place bets with us, which right now I probably wouldn't recommend... Um, or fade, fade us, whatever. Uh, especially if we go a matchup. So we're I'm looking at you can on the PGA Tour app you can favorite the players that you that you're cheering for. So that way they show up at the top. You can kind of see where they're at right away, and you don't have to look through the whole leaderboard and try to name search and whatnot. And so I put Paul Casey up there because of the. Um, I put Paul Casey up there because. He was in our matchup. We were going against him with Tyrrell Hatton, just had a top 10, had actually a run of, like— or Matthew Fitzpatrick, who I had top 20, had a run of, like, four straight top 10s. Of course, he fucking shoots 78 and 80, whatever he shot. But the—you uh, can put those players at the top in, like, the first couple holes. Paul Casey is, like—I think he was, like, the first, ter- first time ever to be three over in this first two holes of a tournament and then finishing the top five or something like that. He was three over through two— And Tyrrell Hatton was two under through two, and I literally had booked that matchup that we had won it. I was like, oh, cool, at least we won our matchup, you know, that's kind of like bread and butter, more minus 110, not a crazy odds pick. And all of a sudden, I'm watching the tournament when it gets closer to fucking the next day, and fucking Paul Casey's winning the fucking thing, basically.
1: Yeah, I don't know exactly how he turned it around like that, but that was was just an all-time bad beat on our part, because... Like we were saying, Tyrell was playing pretty damn good. And of all the matchups, we could have picked 30 different matchups, and we picked the one fucking dude who decides to play well this week and bet against him. Yeah, and well, Paul
0: Casey's been fucking nothing for the last, like, six weeks. Yeah, he
1: hasn't been great. But Uh
0: if you guys are placing bets with us or fading us, make sure you always use the DraftKings sportsbook. Teams have been selected for the biggest tournament of the year in basketball, and there's a few days left to join on the action, as it tips off on Thursday, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a shot to bet just five dollars on any team, and you get two hundred dollars in free bets if you do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. So maybe go a little Gonzaga. I know there was a profit boost on Gonzaga to like plus a hundred, which they were minus eight thousand money lines. So that's a great profit boost. Toss fifty on that. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can always get into college hoops with same game parlays. You can combine multiple bets for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more you can win and collect. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit withdraw cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code DNVR. Get $5 bet on any College Hoops team and get $200 in free bets if they win. If they win, you win with promo code DNVR this week for the tournament at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Minimum of $5 deposit. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Um, should we get into a well, little bit of yeah. the... There's some more players that I feel like All we right. still need to yeah. discuss. Let's... Well, so Cameron Smith,
1: the, the finishing stretch coming down between him and Honorbon Lahiri... So, I think Cam Smith, what was he, six under through, or five under through eight on the back nine? Through, yeah, through eight, after 17. Are you
0: saying the Monday round, the final round? Yes, the final yeah, round. Yeah, so he, he was, I want to say five. He made ten u- birdies. Jesus. Which, birdies, which is a record. Which is insane. He ma- he made three bogeys in the middle of the tournament, went from leading it by a mile to fucking second place. There was yeah, guys Yeah, he went 10. from 12 to nine. He went from 12 to nine, and then he just birdied like five of the last six holes i want to say yeah well and so he was he was
1: stupid hot until um he got to 18 and by the way that shot on 17 was like ricky fowler-esque with the absolute stones and everyone's like oh did he push it or did he mean to hit it there because nobody aims right at that hole it's six feet from the edge of the hole or from the edge of the green which is pretty much the water so i don't think anybody means to hit it there but when you do, I mean, that's, that's the best-looking putt you got. And like we said, he's he's pretty much the best guy on tour between 4 and 8 feet. So once he hit it like 3 feet from the hole, everybody's like, okay. So he made made 2 on 17. So he had, he had a 3-shot lead going in. Um, well, here he was through 16. He was through 17. So he had a 3-shot lead, hit it in the trees right off the tee because – obviously you're going to protect against the left side on on 18 with all that water up the left. So he hits it right on 17 or 18. Um, so then he goes to chip it out. And I think this was one of the most, like, what the fuck are you doing moments we've had on tour all year. And obviously not intentional whatsoever. And I don't even think it was really miscalculated or mishit. But Cameron Smith fucking tries to chip it out of the trees and hits it in the water off the – like, chips – that, that's just like, I don't have words for that. How bad is that?
0: I think that may be one of the worst feelings in golf is when you're trying to hit, trying to play it safe, and then you fuck yourself even worse. Yeah, oh There's yeah. nothing worse than that.
1: Yeah, that's like, just you're just stepping in your own shit at that point. So Cameron Smith hits it in the water, has to drop. Um, so he's hitting four from the edge of the hazard about 60 yards out. Luckily, he's a really, really good wedge player. Flips one into like a foot. And knocks that and makes five. So he gives a shot back there. And then Lahiri hits it to like 12 feet below the hole, just short of it on 17, makes that. So Lahiri's going into 18 and needs birdie to uh, to tie to, to go to a playoff. And Lahiri pipes a drive. Um, you could tell he was trying to rope hook one in off the right side into that uh, into that front left hole location on 18 and just didn't get it to work enough. But actually, I think that even if it would have gone a couple yards yards further because did you see Doug Gim's approach shot on that same on 18? I did not. If you land it Doug Gim, everybody knows I played with him whatever. It's an old story. Uh, but he landed it basically on the same line as Lahiri, but it was he landed it pin high because there's this big ridge that works top right to bottom left. Everything kind of filters towards the water. So he landed it 30, 35 feet right of the hole, and it came down to four feet from the hole. So I think Lahiri kind of had that in the back of his mind. Like, if I can just get something pin high right, um, just pin high on 18, somehow work it right to left on the green and have it filter down towards the hole, he thought he was going to have a pretty good look, but he did not get it all the way there. And I think there was a little wind in their face. And by the way, 18... Just the stretch in general of 17-18 the whole week was fucking treacherous. Like, so Lahiri hit driver on 18 Sunday, or Monday, I'm sorry, and he still had like 190 yards in. And can you imagine a hole with water all the way up the left, that 450 straight into the teeth at sea level? Like, their balls were going nowhere off the tee. They were having, Paul Casey, I think at 3-wood, he had over 200 yards in. Like, that's, that's one long-ass part four. That's not, that's not a green light by any means. So Lahiri ended up... He almost chipped it in, too. He hit it to, like, six inches. But still, Lahiri's chip, like Spencer mentioned earlier, the purse was so fucking huge. Lahiri's chip, if he wouldn't have gotten that up and down, I think he would have lost, like, $600,000. So the fact he did get it up and down, he still made over $2 million. And for... Anybody that doesn't know Honor Bondley here, not like a real household name on tour, but he's made about four million dollars in his PGA Tour career. He literally made half of that in one tournament this last weekend, and he didn't even win it. He finishes second, and makes over two million dollars in that start. So that, and I I will say too, what's really cool is Lahiri has been struggling mightily. Like they kind of did a little, um, like not bio on him necessarily, but. Uh, three years ago, he was up to like 30th in the world in the official world golf ranking. Like he was really fucking good. He was in all the world golf championships. Um, he was trending to be one of the better players kind of, I think he, I think he keeps European tour status too. Um, or DP world status, whatever you want to call it. But he was trending in the direction of being one of the best like international players in the world. And then he completely fell off the face of the earth these last two years. But they there was an interview with him like three weeks ago. And he was like, honestly, with my game, I feel like I'm one week away from having a life-changing week. And even though he finished second, this week was definitely a life-changing week for him. It was fucking insane. Making, like we said, over 2 million. All the world golf ranking points you get that come with that. And I think that I, I can only imagine how many world ranking points.
0: Will you look up Anurban Lahiri's... Well, he started out the tournament 322nd in the world rankings. And now... Give me a guess. I bet he's like 90th. What do you think? What, do you, what are you guessing? I'm gonna say he went up to like 75th. Okay. Oh, he broke into the top 100. Uh-oh. Eighty nine. Okay, Holy so shit! Great guess. Thank Great
1: you. Guess. It's almost like I know what I'm talking about sometimes, um, but yeah, really happy for him. And one other thing, I feel like we we have to touch on for all the all the shitty golf shots, all the fun who shanked it on seventeen. I I forget, but there was Brooks. Basically, was it? Well, bro. Yeah, I mean, there was one full on hazel rocket because there's that little island with a tree, like kind of in the middle of that pond, and somebody almost hit it on that like island because they shanked it basically 90 degrees right which was fucking hilarious but uh shane lowry made a hole in one and how electric was that to see his celebration and shane lowry the big irishman he knows how to party so i can only imagine the celebration that he tweeted out he's like drinks on me what an incredible feeling and like I said, Lowry knows how to tip a few back if you've seen how he's built. He's not afraid of the whiskey and the the Guinness. So uh, that was super cool and it was just so cash anyways, like flew it right over the flag, tracked it, sucked it back about three feet, tracking right in the center of the cup, just jarred it. So uh, I thought that was really cool to kind of see both extremes where we had what, 18 balls in the water that one day
0: on Friday. Um, Well, I just remember watching when they did the restart. The very first group was like Colin Morikawa, Justin Thomas, and Victor Hovland. No, it was was Scheffler. Scotty Scheffler, and they all rinsed it. Yeah, And you're like, okay. (laughs) You're like, you you can never tell how bad the conditions are or how hard it looks by just looking at the TV, obviously. But they were talking about how hard it is. And then you have three of the top, I believe, 17 players in the world. No, it was Kepka. Was it it Kepka? was Kepka, Scheffler, and Justin Thomas, and they all rinsed it immediately. Yeah. And they had no chance. And luckily, Scheffler hit it over that little area, like the walk-up area, where you walk around behind the green, so he got to drop up there. But then there was guys dropping in the drop zone and rinsing it from there, from mm-hmm. like 80 yards, because it was that back left pin.
1: Well, because they're taking a, a gap wedge or a sand wedge or whatever, and they're putting... Uh, who... Oh, it was it Scheffler that like flew that 80-yard... <laughs> Um, the fucking shot from the, the layup area or the, the drop zone flew like 20 yards over, just not even close. Like I was like, what number did his caddy give him the wrong number or what? Because it was not even near the green. So I think he ended up making like six or seven there easily, but real quick, here's a fun question. Cause I don't know if we've talked about this. If you could be at anybody's celebration post hole in one on the PGA tour, who would be?
0: Dustin Johnson. <laughs>
1: You think you'd be it, – would it be a snowy night down in Pontevedra if you yeah, would have made a <laughs> – 100%. PJ all the I, way home. I, I didn't even think about that, but I feel like DJ would a be no a no-brainer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we see where Spencer lies. I, I think I would have to go with any, like, Irishman or, like,
0: Englishman because they just – Lowry, Graham he, McDowell, yeah, somebody like Ian that. Yeah, Ian
1: Poulter, Henrik Stenson, um, who else? Like, all of those guys just, like – even maybe Rory. I know he knows how to get after it, too. Uh, bust into a few bottles of the Opus One. Um, but I, I think any any of those European guys would be a blast to, to party with after all in one Dustin Johnson, I think, is kind of the undisputed answer, though. Um, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, you're 100% right. There's, there's really no questions.
0: There's no better party than a Dustin Johnson party. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I mean, as long as you don't get thrown down the stairs like he did at the Masters, then you're, you're probably fine or get tripped, quote-unquote. So um, I think that pretty much wraps it up for the players. Yeah,
0: one uh, real quick thing that kind of goes into not this week's tournament at the Valspar, but next week we have the, the Dell match play, which is a great tournament, changes up the field, uh, changes up the way it's played, turns into like a March Madness type of tournament bracket. Um, but Cam Smith came out with a, a statement today, basically saying that he's withdrawing from the Dell Match Play uh, because and, and he wants
1: to spend time with his family, right? Yeah, he
0: said, "Regretfully, I've decided to withdraw from next week's Dell Dell Match Play. We had a long, extended week at the Players, and I just needed a little break. I'm enjoying my last week with my mum and my sister Mel. My mum, my mum, and my sister Mel." prior to them departing home for Australia been 2 plus years since we've been together so it came down to practicing or a couple days with my family easy choice especially after you just cash 3.6 million in one tournament so. Yeah and he, he doesn't seem like a man of like many needs like remember what that last PGA tour
1: of anyone he's like he's like I don't really need the money I'll probably buy some new fishing equipment or it's, it's
0: like what the fuck dude yeah like, he's
1: like I'm set like yeah.
0: he, he's just an electric factory from the word go Yeah and she, now
1: I mean didn't he look a little Dallas Buyers Club to you? Like, he looks thin, dude. I don't want to sound, like, dark. Like, he looks like Matthew McConaughey out of Dallas Buyers Club. Like, he's definitely dropped some weight. His face was super thin. I would Okay, I wouldn't say Buyers Club, but more, like, he just got off the beach for, like, a month. And he's just been surfing, like, his hair. I don't know if he's going towards the – does he wash it or is he going with the the um, Rastafari – what are they called the corner the dreads dreadlocks because it doesn't look very clean like it honestly your mullet looks better than his and that's saying something because yours is average at best but
0: yeah well i will say mine gets a lot curlier and crazier when i wash it every day like when i wash it and then just let it air dry itself it does get like a little curly and like but when I don't wash it, if I like, it go just a like, couple days, without, down flat Yeah, and I have the worst hair in the history of the world. <laughs> and then you add on that I have a fucking, basically, self-cut mullet. Like, it doesn't get much worse than that. Yeah. It,
1: I mean, Cam Smith doesn't look a whole lot better for whatever that's worth. But uh, really, really cool for him because they did a story on him, and just like Spencer mentioned. But he hasn't been able to see his mom or his sister in two plus years because of COVID, uh, him being from Australia and their lockdown being so, um, strenuous that they weren't able to, he wasn't able to travel back over there with his schedule and they weren't able to travel over here. So this was the first time he was able to see them in a couple of years and what a better week to, to have them over than when he wins basically the biggest tournament on the PGA tour cashes that huge ass check. And I will say real quick, uh, we were talking about Cam not having a major yet. My not so early, not super early prediction, but my early prediction for the Masters, you can book it right now. Cam Smith's taking the, he's going to be putting that green jacket on Sunday afternoon in Augusta. I really think that. He's got that kind of game, and he played really – do you remember last year he played really well there too?
0: Yeah, last year he almost won the thing. Yeah, exactly. He basically had a few really good chance to win the thing, so he's already got a good record there. There is absolutely zero chance we leave him off our DraftKings big Bet energy picks for that week. Zero 100%. chance that he's not on there somewhere.
1: Yeah, we are going to be doubling down on Cam Smith that week, and especially if you can get dial on those greens at Augusta, which he clearly is with how he played last year. I think he's, he's got to be one of the clear-cut favorites
0: coming out that week to play. So Well, and a quick shout-out, of course, talking about the Masters. We are going to be doing a Sunday live show from the DNVR bar after the Masters is over, kind of recapping the last few holes. Hopefully there's some drama. And then we'll go straight into kind of a recap of the tournament and talk about the winner and uh, all the crazy stuff we saw a week and we'll also be doing another pool so make sure if you're listening to this and you're following us on twitter or uh, hit us up via email golf at the dnvr.com when the masters rolls around we'll do a pool this last week we gave away a hybrid and a sick pins and aces shout out to pins and aces uh joker putter head cover and uh zach rodriguez won he got the hybrid. So. Um, we're actually gonna probably play around with him this coming summer, so that's gonna be a good time. But make sure you're hopping into those pools; they're always free to enter. We're not taking anything from you; we're just trying to give you stuff. So make sure you're entering those pools moving forward for every major. We're gonna have one, and this is a great year of majors. We got Masters, of course, at its normal time. We've got the, the Open P- Championship in at St Andrews, a classic, and then you know, Aaron, uh, down in uh, Oklahoma City for the PGA Championship. And then the U.S. Open is, where is it this it's, year? Oh, shit. Is it
1: Aronimic? No, I've not, that was out of left field. I have no idea. It's, it's somewhere back. Oh, wait, is it the Country Club? Is it at Brookline? Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. Oh, another classic venue. God, look at me just from the clouds with my...
0: Yeah, for your Aronimic <laughs> bullshit. You, you had to <laughs> well, it's right all up in the Northeast. It's all the same, whatever. Uh, yeah.
1: But yeah, we weren't able to do our live show this last week with scheduling conflicts we were going to do a live at the end of the the players but it, we didn't know when it was going to finish it finished on a monday blah 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 but we will definitely be doing those uh at the end of majors so be sure to tune in for those those are electric you get to see our instant reaction then we go straight into a podcast so it should be a fun uh, fun season ahead of us
0: yeah, absolutely. We uh, we got golf season right ahead of us. You know, once basketball and base or basketball and football is already over, but there's the free agent frenzy now. Um, but once basketball and hockey kind of wrap up, you just hop into the golf. Make sure you're out going out golfing this summer. Make sure you're listening to our podcast, of course, and continuing to do that um, because this golf is like it takes over. Like if you like it enough, it takes over your summer, and there's not a lot of other sports to worry about. Um, especially if you live in Colorado, but we won't get into um, the Rockies. Why don't we talk a little bit about the Saudi Golf League that just seems to not go away. Yeah, I actually have here um, uh, an email that they uh, – it sounds like Rory just straight up sold them out, which yeah, is great. Yeah, like he, he, he sent it to
1: like every big news outlet, and I think he was like, you didn't get this for me, but he was one of the few names like – what a random group of names to get CC'd on that email. It's like – Kevin Kisner, Rory McIlroy, like, just some random-ass names. Maybe they saw Kevin Kisner talking about his money and what he makes for finishing
0: 20th place, and they're like, oh, yeah, he'd eat this shit up. Yeah, so here's the email. Um, it says, Dear Rory, in all caps and cap uh, bolded letters, a brilliant model for fans, the game as a whole, and the members of both the PGA Tour and the Corn Fairy Tour. Further to your dialogue and correspondence with Andy Gardner, this letter... <laughs> sets out how members of the PGA Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour might benefit significantly from the successful launch and operation of the Premier Golf League. More specifically it outlines how such members might generate roughly five point seven five billion dollars of equity value, up to four hundred and sixty million of which they would be entitled to receive in cash upon the launch of the Premier Golf League. Based on the example allocation above and assuming that upon the issue of the PLG PGL Inc. shares, There are 250 voting members of both the PGA Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour. Each voting member of the PGA Tour would receive 200,000 shares with a prospective value of $20 million. And each voting member of the Corn Ferry Tour would receive 30,000 shares with a prospective total value of $3 million. In addition, as proposed, the voting members of both tours would be entitled to receive a share of this $460 million in cash upon the launch of the Premier Golf League. An example of how this cash might be allocated is set out below. So, Rory straight up sold out. I mean, he, he went and spoke about the PGA Tour and how he was, like, kind of basically saying that he's sticking with them, sticking behind them. Uh, this email, like you said, also went out to Kevin Kisner, Charlie Hoffman, James Hahn or some of names. Of course, in- they
1: dropped Charlie Hoffman they there, that fucking loser.
0: Well, that guy, yeah, that guy is on, his, on the outs. I think there's a few players that are going to go for this, though, don't you think? Well, for
1: sure, and, and Greg Norman talked about it, and he, he was like, you know, and actually, so Norman, do you know this whole story about, so Norman back in his heyday, like in the late 80s, early 90s, tried to start his own world golf tour. Like, he wanted to branch off from the PGA Tour, start his own tour. So he's been at this. He sell enough shitty polos and golf clothes to do that? Well, dude, yeah, he's fucking loaded. Side note, he's got a ranch in Colorado. Um, I want to say it's like a $50 million ranch at least. He's got like his own, he's got like over 300 acres. He's got, he, you can fly fish on his property, you can hunt on his property. The lodge is like something that you would stay in up in fucking Big Sky, Montana that charges you a thousand bucks a night. So yeah, he's got hella hella dough. I mean, he's
0: definitely not short on money. Do you think he's just trying to do all this to like continue to stay relevant like in the No, world? he's because... doing it
1: because he's trying to spite the PGA Tour. He he truly hated the PGA Tour from day one when he became really successful and so he's he's doing this to try to pull players from the PGA Tour pretty much straight up.
0: Well, let's be honest. The, the only thing I remember Greg Norman for the last couple of years is seeing his fucking hog in that swimsuit on the beach. That went absolutely well, yeah, viral. Yeah, the, the
1: guy's fucking packing heat. Good Lord. Yeah, that's... All right, we did talk about that on a pod. Good Lord. But yeah, he... And I think his daughter's a rocket ship. Um, His daughter... So, uh, yeah, his daughter was actually engaged to Sergio Garcia. And she was the one that, like, broke his heart and derailed his golf career for better half of a fucking decade I want to say cuz he's just a basket case. Um but yeah, Sergio is engaged to his daughter, so I'm sure she's not horrible looking. Anywho, so this Saudi golf league um they released a 2022 schedule and now they're kind of it sounds like it sounds like they wanted player commitment like we need to have these players in order to do this and they've changed course pretty quick because now they're like we're fucking doing these things and you can either play or not play. And it sounds like, so it's a two-person thing. It's a team format. So I guess they would have to have a, he said they'd have to do a draft of who, who's going to play with who. So I don't think he necessarily get a pick who plays with who, which is a little weird, but whatever. So the 2022 schedule um, would start in London in June at uh, Centurion Golf Club uh, in June, London. July would be at Pumpkin Ridge out in Portland, Oregon. Uh, another one in July at Trump National Golf Club. Of course, Trump's all about that dough. They're probably sliding him a fat check to host that shit. So, of course, Trump, uh, Trump's all in there. And then September, early September at the International in Boston, or called the International in Boston. I would assume that's going to be at TPC Boston, if I had to guess. Um, could be wrong. Rich Harvest Farms in or is the international a golf course in Boston? Will you look that up? Yeah. Because I don't know if this – I think these are the the international. Huh. I guess – yeah, it probably is the golf the golf course. Hmm. Anywho, so then they have – huh. Hmm. I'm, I'm befuddled. Hmm. Huh. Shut up. Okay. So then we got Rich Harvest Farms in Chicago uh, the third weekend of September, and Chicago's got great golf around there. Yeah, it's so-
0: literally called the International Golf Club. Okay, so it's big in, shit. In in in, Massachusetts. in Okay,
1: so yeah, they don't even need to put like Country Club Golf Club. It's just the International. That's how cool. They think they are. Um, so then, Rich Harvest Farm, Chicago, and then they go over to Bangkok, October seventh through 9th at Stonehill Golf Club. Sounds like a fairly generic name to be in Bangkok. Uh, isn't that the capital of Thailand? It I, is. Remember when we do that when we yeah. were a younger? Yeah, we. If you if you know you, if you know you know. <laughs> Um, And then Royal Greens Golf Club in October in Jeddah. Is that J-E-D-D-A-H? Look up where that is. I assume it's somewhere in the Middle East. If I had to take a shot in the dark, once again, this is not a geography podcast. Looks
0: like she's in... Oh, boy. Can you not Uh, read a map? Israel. Israel? No, No, it's South... Oh, good. It's this big-ass country that I don't know what it is. Let me see. What's that?
1: That's Saudi Arabia.
0: Oh, that's where it is.
1: Oh, okay. So, yeah, they're playing in Saudi Arabia, which is fitting um, because it is funded by all of them. So, yeah. (laughs) So It's
0: called the Saudi Golf League. Yeah,
1: so that's (laughs) the the homeland. So, yeah, they're playing there second week of October, and then it just has the team championship – uh, October 28th through 30th with no venue listed. So um, that's probably, who knows where that's going to be, play, be played. But they are, the interesting thing is in kind of a different dynamic, but like we talked about, they're, they're going to be 54-hole tournaments, which I don't necessarily love. Like 54-holes just doesn't quite feel like enough just because we're so used to 72-holes. Doesn't get you going. Yeah, it doesn't quite wet my whistle. Uh, and they're also no-cut. So dudes could show up there and dog it. Like, for hand up, I'd be the first dude, if I had any sort of status, and my name meant anything anywhere, I'd be signing up for that shit yesterday. It's a free paycheck. Basically, you're using your name to to go play golf. You could shoot fucking 90 for three days and cash <laughs> it Sounds in like more... my kind of deal. Yeah, exactly. Like, I just wish my name meant something. That's what I'm saying. Like, who wouldn't want to be in on that? So I think it will... Attract some players and greg norman came out and said he encourages guys to play in these events and on tour like on the pga tour kind of like a mixed bag um but of course the pga tour wants to try to limit that and they want to potentially ban guys who play in the saudi golf league from playing on the pga tour so we'll kind of see how that fallout happens but with the amount of money Let's be real here. Greed is the the most powerful human emotion. Who doesn't look at those dollar signs and be like, ah, and look at Bryson. He still hasn't come back yet. He's being all wishy-washy. He could be out on the first tee in Saudi Arabia come October, like just laughing it up with everybody over there, acting like it's no big deal, him and Phil Mickelson. So we'll see what happens, but uh, it sounds like they're a full go, no matter who's on board and who's not. They could be a two sum of dudes splitting twenty five million bucks <laughs> Can you out there that? slapping it around. Fucking yeah, that would be hilarious. Well,
0: do you think they're gonna get like their own TV channel and? Have they, they,
1: yeah they haven't gotten any TV rights anywhere yet, so they still haven't sorted that out. A little cart before the horse because that's really where uh, the PGA Tour makes all their money is with TV deals, and it doesn't sound like they need money because they've got some billionaires backing them. Obviously, like we've already touched on. So I don't know if it's necessarily about the money, but obviously they would like to get some sort of legitimate TV deal in uh, in place before they kick this whole shit show off. But how funny would it be? They're like, let's go to our featured group. It's the only two players in the whole event.
0: This is our featured
1: group the whole fucking <laughs> our day. featured you're...
0: group, you're seeing every shot, every word from their caddy, every fucking Just have butt. them mic'd up,
1: yeah. Throw them each a 12-pack and have them get after it. Fuck it. But that's pretty much, I think, all we have to say about the the Saudi Golf League. Um, Should we get
0: into a little Valspar, our picks for the Valspar? Yeah, let's get into it. So as a reminder, all our picks and odds are from the DraftKings Sportsbook. So this week, uh, I'm going to start with my winner. We're going back to our little format of winner, uh, top 10, and a long shot, which is plus 5,000 or more. On on some of these events
1: that are smaller, like the Valspar, they don't offer a head-to-head because we would like to start doing head-to-end matchups because, obviously, we fucking suck at picking everything else. So uh, we're hoping with the the better odds, you know, we're just picking one player to beat one other player. So uh, we will do matchups where we can, but for now we're and just— And when we pick a matchup, you take
0: the guy we're going against to, <laughs> to win, win the it. fucking tournament. <laughs> um, so for the Valspar, I'm going to start uh, my picks. I have winning it at plus 1,800. He shot a course record at TPC and nobody really saw much of it at all in Dustin Johnson. And so Dustin Johnson's. I plus. think he's like seven of his last 10 events, he's top 25. Yeah. Like he's, he's played like
1: some low, as low key as Dustin Johnson can be. He's been low key like very consistent his last 10 events. I think he has seven top 25s and three top 10s. So,
0: I mean, he's not playing bad golf. We just haven't heard his name a lot he hasn't been in the winner's circle. Exactly. Well, you're going to hear his name in the fucking winner's circle this week at the Valspar. Had a great week at the players, um, fought the conditions, which normally he's not a player that you would think would be able to fight those conditions and play as well as he did. So take Justin Johnson plus 1,800. Uh, My top 10, this guy came on and was giving Cam Smith a real run for his money on Sunday, has also just consistently been around the last couple of months, any tournament, and that's Keegan Bradley. And I believe he's already won the Valspar, or... He's, yeah, and it,
1: I think he has won the Valspar, and and we really didn't talk about it yet, but uh, the Valspar is a very ball strikers oriented course. You have to control it off the tee. You really have to control uh, your distance with your irons. You have to be you have to be accurate and you have to be precise. So the basically our picks are kind of going off who's who's hitting the ball well right now
0: yeah so i'm going keegan bradley to top 10 that's plus 500 so great odds he he's on fire from the players tournament he's been in the top 10 of a few tournaments that he's been entered and always seems to come up big on saturday sunday after he makes the cut and then uh, my long shot i'm going back to another old winner of this tournament won this this same tournament back in 2010 and also had a great player so I'm, I'm combining horse for a course here and a hot golfer and that's adam hadwin plus plus six thousand. Oh damn! Yeah, I kind of saw his
1: name. He, he really won it twelve years ago, two thousand sixteen. You oh, you said ten? You said two thousand ten? I meant two thousand sixteen. Oh, uh, okay. I was like, God damn! He hasn't been on tour that long. Okay. Yeah, I don't mind that pick actually. He's he knows the course obviously. Pretty good player out there. So, um, and let me pull my picks up here real quick. So my picks this week, I like my boy Abram answer winning it. Um, he's been playing pretty well these last few weeks. His, Had a
0: real good shot at the players.
1: Yeah, yeah, he was right up there. His short game is always nasty. Um, real good ball. He doesn't hit it long, but you don't necessarily need to be long at the Valspar. Um, you need to be. You need. You need a little bit of distance, but it's not the end all, be all. It's more more accuracy based course. So, I like him there. Plus thirty five hundred. Those are pretty good odds. Um, I'm throwing shit at the wall, so we'll see what sticks. Alex Knorr in the top 10, plus 500. He's had a couple of pretty good weeks. His odds earlier this year, you remember, like, TPC Scottsdale, he's, like, plus 11,000 to win. He's not really getting a whole lot of respect. And, I mean, he has had a few, like, atrocious uh, tournaments this year and had a pretty poor end of last year, pretty pretty poor beginning of this season. But it, his game seems like it's kind of rounded into shape. And then Harold Varner the third. As my long shot plus seven thousand, uh, he's already won this year, and he's his game's been on the come up for these last few years. He's really getting comfortable out there, winning. Uh, always a good ball striker, knows how to get it around. So Harold Varner plus seven thousand. Those are my three picks for this week.
0: Love it, love it. Well, before we get out of here, uh, we're gonna give you. We're gonna get to our segment of Tweet of the Week, and of course, we got to go back to the well. Um, it's always Max Homa. He seems like. This is actually just more of a uh, – Max Homa's tweeted the response to the tweet of the week, which was not from Max Homa at all. It was uh, from just a random guy that ended up uh, talking to him at the Chili's airport in Jacksonville. And let me pull up this tweet here. Dead air. Dead air. Oh, fuck. I, oh, had it. On. I had it, and now it's just gone. Just the black hole of the internet. Mm-hmm. It's It's gone forever. Tweet from Christopher Powers at CPowers14. Um, he said, Max Homa just made $327,222 at the Players. I'm currently chatting with him at the Jacksonville Airport Chili's. His wife booked him a flight while he was on the course today. He ordered chicken tendies, and the waitress came back and said they ran out. Day ruined. And he responded... Uh, with this was devastating, and then um, lucky me, as he was taking a picture of his boarding pass, and he was in uh, boarding group C thirty two.
1: No Just respect could
0: almost buy the plane, probably itself, <laughs> from his PGA tour career, and he's C thirty two flying back home to Arizona. Hey,
1: so. uh, you gotta everybody's got to get humbled at some point, and everybody knows Max is the most, one of the most self deprecating, endearing dudes out there. So. If anybody can handle boarding and sea on fucking Southwest Airlines, it's
0: him. Maxi Homa, tweet of the week. All right, that's gonna wrap it up for us this week, guys. Appreciate you all listening. We have got some tournaments coming up this summer, so make sure you're looking out on our socials for those. Follow us at Big Drive Energy on Twitter at Big Drive Energy Pod on Instagram. Uh, Make sure you're checking out those because those will sell out fast once we get them up. They'll be in the great state of Colorado. So if you're looking to make a trip out here this summer, uh, make it out here and play in one of our golf tournaments because they're always fun. we got great giveaways, stuff like that. we are also got a few ideas in the works, so make sure you're following us on all those social media outlets. I am, of course, at Big Drive Spence. He is at Big Drive Mitch. You guys have a great weekend. Enjoy the Valspar, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace.